is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Show 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Gordon uh, is is not currently sitting in his seat. He's supposed to be here momentarily. He he called me and and he said he I I'm I he said he's been at the Salt Lake Tribune in a meeting about the honor code stuff and he does have a column out about the honor code, so probably not a surprise. But you know what my response was. Did you say you got called into the honor code office? Which would be hilarious. <laughs> All I heard there, Gordon, was honor code. Well, there's that's more likely the office of the two that he would find his way into. He's he's honor code or, or SL trip. He does not frequent the the Tribune office. In Did fact, he bring a big big tote bag to bring his mail home with him? Or that'd be funny. In fact, one of my favorite things to ask uh, when I go cover practice for the Jazz or whatever, I'll I'll talk to a Tribune reporter and I'll just say, just just when was the last time you saw Gordon at the old newsroom? And most often, I get the response, you know, I don't remember. It's a blessed life. He just he is living the dream, isn't he? Uh, all this uh, the the telecommuting things that companies are trying to put together all last second here about the the scare of coronavirus. Gordon's been doing that for forty two oh, years. Oh yeah, Gordon's uh, ahead of the game. Um, but uh, he does have a good column out at the Salt Lake Tribune SL dot com. Uh, we will talk about his column, and we had a, a similar conversation yesterday uh, when it comes to uh, BYU and what happened uh, with the church education system. Got, we even got an interesting email in response to our uh, conversation yesterday, so we'll uh, we can get to we can get deep into it, which I'm sure everybody is excited about. We'll talk about the Jazz big game coming up tomorrow night against the Boston Celtics. So we'll get into what's going on with them. David Locke is going to be on the show at three uh, thirty, so we're looking forward to talking to uh, David. And then college basketball, of course, is a big topic this time of year. Uh, with uh, conference tournaments getting started. Kind of the Mountain West is in a weird place this year. Scotty said it's back to normal next year, but usually it's uh, the West Coast Conference first and then the, the Mountain West and the Pac-12 next week. But the Mountain West is, uh, is early, and thus uh, the Aggies have a game tonight, a rematch against New Mexico, the Mighty Lobos. Gordon's Mighty Lobos. Gordon's going to be conflicted, I tell you what. He's written stories about the Aggies around here and Craig Smith. But deep down, go Lobos! Go Lobos! So what is what is Gordon going to think about that? I'm I'm very curious. Where does his attachment to New Mexico begin? I don't know the origins there, because I know he's a I know he's a diehard. You want the actual story as no. opposed to uh, I want uh, the radio story. Uh, the well here here's the actual story is because hearing Gordon for years talk about not being a fan. Go you! I am not a fan. I am not a fan. I am not a fan. I get Go it, Gordon. Cougars. You're a columnist. I, it, journalism, you know, I took a class Go back Jazz! in the day. I, I get it. It's it's something we do love about you. 
but, uh, you know, we hear it a lot, right? So then we teased him about deep down he's got to be a fan of something. And then in the, the Jimmer year down at the Mountain West Conference Tournament, uh, coincidentally enough, this time of year, he kept picking New Mexico to beat BYU. And I think he picked New Mexico to beat San Diego State that, that year, too, with Kawhi Leonard. He Go kept, Spurs! Like, for some reason, he kept picking New Mexico. And it was like, all right, Gordon, <laughs> I got it. You're a Lobo fan. We finally discovered <laughs> after all these years. And then somehow we got the Go Lobos, which, go kicked, Lobos. which kicked off the Go Everything. But uh, anyway, that's that's honestly the origin well, right there. Well, that's, that's, I was hoping you'd talk about how he was left on the doorstep of the field house as a three-day-old baby or something, was raised by the Lobos themselves. And, yeah, uh, that, that super fan snake or whatever, you know. His, uh, his, no. his great uncle snake. No, I just thought, what a randomly hilarious team to be a fan of. That's pretty random. <laughs> you know? And a team that's destined to do nothing really, and that's not his mo. It's usually Duke. It's usually the right, Yankees. He's the front it's runner. The Lakers. Yeah, I can't. In fact, March Madness is here almost, and I cannot wait to see what four number one seeds Gordon picks in the final four. Duke and Gonzaga, they'll be there. That'll be. That's a lock. Although I don't know if Duke uh, will be a one this year, will they? But I don't they'll know. be there. He'll, he'll pick either. them. It's actually the funny part about college basketball this year is picking the, the, the brackets. It This is the year for somebody to win because it's going to be so random. And not that I am a, a college foot, uh, basketball, football, basketball, you know, aficionado by any means uh, during the long, arduous regular season. But there are no good teams in college basketball. It's all super even. It's all these random uh, same level teams. There's not really anything uh, anyone dominating out there. So that's going to make for a super random tournament. And uh, fresh off his honor code office visit, he is here. Uh, he he looks like he's been reprimanded. He's got kind of a sad look on his face, like a man who's just been punished. No, I'm his, just a man in a hurry. <laughs> well, good. We're glad you're in a hurry. It's good to see you. Uh, happy Thursday to you. Thanks for hanging out with me last night. Gordon, uh, by the way, Austin did a good job on his uh, pre-half and post-game broadcast last night. We had a good time. I heard a big chunk of it. It was, it was fun. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to sound surprised? What do you mean? <laughs> no, it was good. And, you want uh, me to be surprised? You know, Gordon needed to a game during the middle of the week against the New York New York Knicks, where the Jazz pretty much handled it the entire game. You know, that could make for a non-lively post game, but with Gordon Monson there, I mean, it was spicy throughout. So Terrific. you saw him write the honor code. Spicy. It was. It was. It was spicy. You have a column up. It's uh, it's making waves out there. You you were over there at the Trib offices, were you? Uh, it's, uh, you know, this whole thing with what BYU and uh, the church, if that's who you want to look at, uh, I, I think that it would be fair to say anybody who looks at it objectively sees this as a bit of a stumble and a bumble and a fumble. What, the is the watchdog getting some pushback? I don't know. I mean, no, they're just doing their job. And uh, it just seems like uh, BYU has, uh, you know, they, they came out with the update and then there was a lot of confusion about that, a lot of celebration. And then, I guess, I don't understand why they don't just leave it alone. After the update. you know, Why I, not just let it be? I, I thought about your take on that uh, yesterday as kind of time went on. And I, I do think you're right. Like, like releasing a, a policy that is somewhat ambiguous, right? And then clarifying with a statement that's even more ambiguous. 
Yeah. I mean, what are you trying to accomplish there? Like, I, I it, when you first said that, I didn't disagree necessarily, but I thought, oh, there it is. They're gonna they're gonna punish everybody. But the, the, the it was filled with filled with language that could be interpreted so many different ways. It it it's kind of interesting, actually. Like, oh no, to clarify. And then, and then don't and clarify at all, To really. muddy the waters even more. Right, right. But, 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 but to there, basically but, say, well, whatever was happening here, <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> now, yeah. as to what's going forward, uh, here's another ambiguous statement. Carry yeah. on, everyone. I, no, I, I actually think you hit the nail on the head yesterday. I've talked with a lot of people, wrote a column about it, like you said, and talked to a lot of people down there, and there is real uh, concern about the way this this happened and the way it was uh, spelled out uh, yesterday. So, I mean, I, I, I guess I understand from a religion standpoint, if you're going to have a certain doctrine, yeah, you can go ahead and have that doctrine and espouse that doctrine. But when you have a, especially in a school setting where you uh, quote unquote enforce that with an honor code that tells you uh, if you show, uh, if you display any of this, well, that's not leading in the direction we want, and so that's punishable. That's the way I interpreted what was uh, written. You, I think so. When, when but they, that's the hard part, right? I I think so. Like that's yours. That's mine. Why not just let it be? You know, let the let let it be, and let the. Uh, I, I I don't understand exactly. Uh, somebody pointed out that, uh, well, uh, uh, you know, if it doesn't lead to a marriage, then uh, there's something wrong with it. But there's all kind of heterosexual relationships that don't lead to marriage either, Jake. You know, so or it's, there's some that do lead to marriage, but that aren't also acceptable. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a, there's that too. Right. So it, 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 this is just a bad look for BYU. It's bad look for BYU. It's a bad look for BYU sports. And I could foresee a day, and this is what I wrote about. I, I can foresee a day when schools won't schedule BYU. Uh, I could see that too. Isn't that? Um, didn't that happen in the seventies with the? The blacks and the priesthood thing. Yeah. It did happen, and uh, I could see it getting to a point where it happens again. And BYU and the church uh, educational system commissioner, I mean, I don't know who's given the orders here, but uh, it, it just—why not let it be? Just let it be. Okay, we know what the doctrine of the church is, so just let it be. That's what the Catholics do with Notre Dame. That's yeah, what but- the Baptists do with Baylor. They have a certain church doctrine— but at their university, at the university that's sponsored or connected with that faith, they, they have softened the language so that uh, it's more acceptable, more accepting. And uh, I don't know, this intolerance, I think, on the part of some people will be intolerable. Now, some hardliners out there say, well, screw them. Heck with it. doesn't matter. That's the way it is. But... I don't know how many people were disappointed yesterday. I don't know how many people were hurt. And I don't know any kind of whether that will lead to tragedies in people's lives or more disruption or whatever. It, it just seemed just just leave it alone and love people. I mean, isn't that okay? Well, you're you're honestly preaching to the choir. I I completely agree with that. I th- I mean, 
Have an honor code, I guess, all you want. The fact that they have a, like a quasi-police force to enforce it, I, I find ridiculous. But I've I've been on the record with that over and over and over again. Hey, live, you know, try to live the standards you want to live. This is America. Knock yourself right out. There are certain freedoms that we have to pursue uh, certain things, and I'm 100% on board with that. But why do you have to police these these young people like this? I, why, I, why, I why, is that, why is that necessary? So I, I think that's where the... You know, the love comes from. I get it that BYU is unique, but is that is that necessary to the fabric of what makes BYU a great place to go to school? I, I don't know. I didn't go to BYU, so I'm not I'm, I'm not sure. I don't identify personally, but I find in life, not just situations like this, the the outlook that uh, that you're talking about is usually the best one to take. Yeah, you can read my column at sltrib.com. If you agree with me, fine. If you disagree with me, then, you know, it's a discussion. We can have it today if you want, but it, I, I think there are potential detrimental effects on BYU sports. And a lot of people don't want to talk religion. We're a sports station and all that, but it does have an impact on BYU's future, in my opinion. I think this thing is not going to go away. In fact, I think it's going to intensify. I agree, and especially because you're dealing with universities and uh, you know, again, we don't need to go too deep into religion or politics, but universities have a tendency to lean which direction? Tad bit to the liberal side. A tad bit to the left. Yes, this is uh, this is a thing, and so you know what's important to that side of the, the of the spectrum of our politics today is inclusion. That's a big deal for them, and not that it's not a big deal for the other necessarily. It just particularly is for that side of the prism and and that age of of people and that's going to be something that's valued by universities and right wrong or indifferent it that is not what byu's policies have led to see what's the matter with okay let's back up here if you are are of a certain orientation and you want to go to byu and you hold hands with somebody of the same sex that's a violation of what they're trying to do down there? Oh, is it romantic? I don't know. But that that's seems something to be, to be determined under the sweating bright lights of the honor code office. <laughs> that seems to be the implication here. And as I said yesterday, if you had two women who were LDS who were walking down the street holding hands anywhere else on the planet, they're not getting hauled into the state president's office to be dragged over to Coles. <laughs> but in but in Provo, it's different. Oh my golly. I don't know. Is holding hands romantic? Is an arm around the shoulder romantic? Isn't that a personal preference thing? If you nuzzle your head into the uh, you know, into the general uh, you know, chest area, is that romantic? <sighs> I, I, I guess I mean, there's a hence there's a ambiguity to it and there's a threat to it. Hey, all y'all out there who were celebrating this thing, hold on here. Can I ask you guys what what is the overall sports connection to this story? It's P five inclusion. It's politics. I mean, not, not just that. I it's think how it, do you want to achieve? I think it could get worse than that. I think there will be. I, I'll make this prediction now, and I'm no prophet. I saw Thank that line goodness. in your column. Yeah, I read that. I read that line. Boy, can you imagine? Holy cow! What direction will we go then? Well, there'd be a lot more cheese in everyone's diet, <laughs> and a lot less ties <laughs> at church. 
<laughs> I'm just saying that uh, – what was I saying? I think that in the future this will intensify and I think it will become a greater and greater part of sports. I was thinking about uh, Luke Staley and how last summer he went on the record and said he'd like his, his name and all that. He might consider having his name removed – over this very thing. Well, it was over the enforcement of the honor code. That that was his yeah, honor code, yeah. sticking point. Yeah. Not necessarily the beliefs of the uh right, sorry, the religion, yeah. but But the, an honor code problem. Yeah. And the the secret police and how it's yeah. encouraging this gossip culture down there and this how they've handled this over the last 10 days has only fueled that flame. Yeah. It's gotten it this is this is a bad bad look. I mean, with the uh, with the amount of uh, emphasis, I think the church, the LDS church, tries to put on on projecting uh, a certain amount of love and um, and concern for community and all that sort of thing. That uh, this this has has backfired. Now we should point out we got an email yesterday from a gal who uh, wanted to make it clear that uh, it's not BYU that we're criticizing; it's the church education system yes BYU is under that wing however sports at the other institutions are not uh, well they don't even exist do they not intercollegiate all right well you know i don't whatever level in the bureaucracy 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 thank you we're criticizing uh there it is yeah really all one entity, but the sports aspect, you're right, has specifically to do with BYU. And that athletic department, we know for a fact, would love to be in a P5 conference for any number of reasons. One of the things that's interesting to me about this particular case is the reaction of the students at BYU. There seems to be a real division down there. Really? Yeah. Based on the people I've talked to, and in contact with various students down there, there are some, and faculty too, there are some people who are really upset with this. And then there are what I'll classify or characterize as hardliners who are essentially like, hey man, you know the rules here, you know what the religion says, uh, so uh, quit complaining. And there seems to be a division. And, and I. <laughs> It's uh, pretty remarkable to me because I understand trying to preach, preach a certain standard and try to have people live a certain uh, live to a certain set of commandments or strictures, however you want to look at it. But when there are people who who have uh, uh, okay, let's put it in the terms of people who are hardliners, we'll call it struggling if that makes you feel better. If there's somebody who has something that isn't doesn't line up exactly with what you're doing, even though they still want to be a part of it, they still want to be a part of it, but they're oriented oriented differently, then extend an open hand, not a fist. I mean, is that okay? It seems okay to me. Tale as old as time, Gordon. The hippies versus the hardliners. And we all see what side you've come down on, huh? For a second there, I thought you were uh, Mrs. Potter. Isn't that the song from uh, Beauty and the Beast? Oh, Mrs. Potts. Uh, Potts. Potts, yeah. Potts, not yeah. Potter. Potter, no, Potter, he's our... Engarde Limiosa. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't uh, she sing that song? She a did. Tale as old as time? Angela Lansbury, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Murder, Murder, she wrote. Is she still with us? But ironically oh, ironically enough, isn't that what the uh, the honor, cor- honor code was born out of? The 
tumultuous 60s when beards represented the counterculture and can't have any of that at BYU? Well, I'll tell you one thing. You want to you be a tad bit frightened in hindsight. Go back and read the original version. Really? Is it rough? It's rough. It's right there in, it's right there in Exodus, isn't it? I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh... And, and, and severe. And just, you know, speaking of the hardline side of, th- side of things, the, the students, to, from what I understand, came up with the honor code. So those were students that came up with that. Uh, that may have been encouraged by powers. Oh, there uh, may have been some manipulation yeah, think, there, yeah, huh? Yeah. So that the powers could say, hey, it was the students hey. that came up with this. <laughs> hey, you wanted it. Hmm. <laughs> Careful what you wish for. Now get on in here and let me talk to you. <laughs> Whatever. And some, you know, student with a mustache is like, wait, hey, how about me? And they're like, no, 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 Bob, you're fine. We're gonna, I mean, you're... Let me, uh, let, me, let me measure the length of your hair in the back. Oh, it's touching the collar. Let's, let's, uh, let's clean that up there. Uh, we're having some fun here, man. I, I, I'm sure that there are people within the BYU community who fall on both sides of this issue. So, uh, I don't know, just... It just seems unnecessary to me. You know, uh, it, there's just no good transition to Andrew coming in after this one. You notice uh, BYU honor code and switching over to talking to Andrew. There's no. I was trying to think of like a uh, clever transition or something like that, Andrew, and yeah. it's just not there. Yeah. So just hello. Yeah. Hi. Hey. <laughs> I missed something, didn't Wait, I? How's it going? <laughs> only, only the folks that are married down there. Yeah, you know, okay. Worry about this. <laughs> right. Okay. That's that's who we're or talking something. to. Uh, but it's good to see you. Thanks good for to coming see you guys. in. All right, let's let's talk about helping some folks with their relationships. Yeah, um, we are talking about erectile dysfunction and more specifically a treatment that a lot of clinical studies have been done on recently, over the last 10 years, in fact. It's called acoustic wave therapy. Um, there are a couple different types of technology when it comes to increasing the blood flow in this part of the area. The FDA cleared one. That's the one we use. And the studies have shown significant increases in blood flow. And in most cases, a complete reversal of erectile dysfunction. Um, So that means a few things. We can get a guy off of the pill. We can get the spontaneity back in his life. Um, Cambridge did a study that showed an 87% success rate. Um, We've seen Urology Times, which is a big journal, come out and say that this is the future of ED therapy. Uh, The pills are kind of in the past. So we've experienced similar success, seen a lot of guys eliminate the ED and get the natural function back. And that's the point. You're treating the problem, not the symptom. We're treating the problem. It's the root cause problem. Um, everything else is a Band-Aid. It's a symptom reliever. Most guys that come into our clinic, by the way, the pills have stopped working. Yeah. There's the side effects um, if they do work. But by the time they come to us, they've exhausted that. They worked for maybe a year or two. They stopped working. And they need something that addresses you know, the root cause problem. 801-901-8000. That's 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. And uh, go in or give them a call and get hooked up with a free examination. Call us now. Free exam, free assessment, blood flow ultrasound. Um, e- even today and, and just about every day, we see guys that come in that have obvious things that are causing their ED. The doctor pinpoints that. Maybe the treatments are a fit. Maybe they're not. Either way, it's a very helpful analysis with a medical doctor and totally free. I think what you said there, Andrew, is really important. It's not a sales pitch. It's does this work for you or doesn't it? Are you a candidate? Are you not? And go forward in a helpful manner from there. Yeah. And guys come in thinking I'm going to get sold and they come in with their walls up. I can tell. And then they leave and 
they say, wow, thanks for not doing that. And I hear that all the time. So no obligation. There's no fine print on this. All right. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Give them a call. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. All right. More straight ahead. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Slow Mo Joe. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. PK. It's later in the year. Everybody knows our rules. Some of the pieces have changed, and all the pieces now just kind of fit together, and you could just read the floor, and all five guys can do their job, and it makes everybody's life easier, including yours. I said it at the start of the season. I don't have a problem of coming off the bench. I want to win, and if that's the best-case scenario for me to be in that role, then I'll do it to the best I can. We've got a really really good team, probably easily the deepest team since I've been here in the, the six years, and it's about us finding the right style of play and the right tempo and just got to obviously take advantage of it every time we come down the floor. Oh, yeah. Catch Jazzman Joe Ingles with DJ and PK every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line, lease any phone, and get an iPad or a Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. He's the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. David Locke with us here on The Big Show. Hello, David. Is Blues Traveler the brand, the band of the day? It is, selected by me and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Strong. What do you think? Yeah, Blues, Blues Traveler. I, have a, I actually got to know John Popper a little bit. He really? Was in Seattle when I was in Seattle, yeah, he's good dude and actually gave me his harmonica as a gift and oh, so then yeah, I, sh- I shouldn't probably tell his story but of course that's like one of those things that, like you have as a prized collection and then your you know two-year-old slobbering kid finds it and starts playing john popper's harmonica running around the house <laughs> so you know that's my prize collection and my kids gosh only knows where it is well they're they're great in concert too yeah they're they're terrific yeah they're great uh how fun was it to talk to gordon during crosstalk uh, at the end of the broadcast last night uh, well, that's why I cut our mics off. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot we had our technical difficulties. <laughs> we did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, I, cut, I cut our I cut our mics off. See, David's timing has always been. Impeccable. You think that was that yeah. intentional? Was no. he like, you know what? I'm, I've had enough of this. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe. Uh, right, it would have been a good way to do it. Uh, uh, David, let's talk about how the Jazz are playing right now because uh, the game against Boston is going to be significantly more difficult than their previous three. Have they figured a couple things out? Um. I don't know the answer to that question, if I'm being honest. I mean, what we're really seeing is at the bottom of the Eastern Conference is awful. And the Knicks are terrible. Cleveland's a disaster, and Washington wasn't very good. Um, so I, I don't know if we figured something out. Let's see what happens. Boston's obviously one of the rare teams in the league that's top five, both offensively and defensively. Um, 
you know, we were playing poorly enough that there was a chance you thought we could lose to Cleveland, Washington, and um, New York. Um, and now after seeing them in person, maybe not. But it did feel that way. Um, there's just a huge discrepancy in the Western and Eastern Conference on the bottom. The top's not that big a deal, and everyone's trying to claim that they're not that different this year. They're just dramatically different because the bottom four or five teams in the Eastern Conference are just so bad. And so when, you know, and it also inflates all these players and teams' numbers that when they get to play, when you get to play Cleveland four times a year, that's like Santa Claus coming down the chimney multiple times for you. And then you add in Washington, New York, and Detroit, and whomever else in the Eastern Conference, that's a pretty good deal. So, David, as you're watching what's going on with the Jazz, are they using these opportunities against lesser opponents to, uh, to, to, to to more precisely do what Quinn wants them to do. So I think some of the things where you can say, okay, things have, have been better is they, you know, on the whole lineup thing, but the end result of that is that they've got this pretty good second tier lineup now where Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles are playing with George Niang and Tony Bradley. I'm pretty excited about that. Um, Mike Conley's last 10 games, I think, are about 48% from the 16 points a game. That's probably the right uh, approach for him. Um, so, and, you know, I think that's all you can ask out of him. He's playing with a team that has multiple 20 game, 20 game scorers and Jordan Clarkson. So those are some things. Um, you know, the ball movement has been better. They've had more open catch and shoot threes the last few games. That's also a product of a defense. Neither, none of those defenses impede what you're doing. Their transition defense was generally better. And I, I, you know, the defense has been really, really bad, and so the defense is what has to get better. It's really hard to tell in these games whether the defense is getting better because NBA players do play to the score margin. And so last night's a great example that, you know, I, I don't remember if the Jazz ever trailed in that game, and they certainly never trailed when it mattered. And it got down to three, and they took it right back to nine, and then it got to six, and they took it to 17. And so. I just can't get really bothered that the defense wasn't very good in the span that it went to three. They just, the minute they had to, they stopped them every time they had to. So that seems perfectly fine to me. It just doesn't come out very well statistically. David, I want to talk to you about getting the ball to Rudy Gobert on offense. And I've heard you on uh, other interviews talk about how it's complex and it's it's different and it's dependent on a number of different things. But I certainly have noticed a difference between when it seems to be natural and they seem to be forcing it. Does that make any sense? And is there any connective tissue or lack thereof between those times during the game? I mean, there's certainly concerted effort to get Rudy the ball. And, you know, our first choice offensively on every possession would be a dunk. Um, That's the best shot you can get in the league. And so if Rudy does lead the league in dunks, um, I do think there's a flaw in some of this narrative. Rudy leads the league in dunks. Rudy's getting the ball a lot. Um, And then there's the truth of this narrative, that Rudy's not very good if there's a defensive player between him and the basket. And so if we're trying to get Rudy the ball in, like, an old-school post-up like we do to Carl Malone, that's not a very good idea. Like... That's going to end up with, we saw last night, two or three times where it doesn't work out very well. So I think when you're, you know, I get it. Rudy wants the ball, and we want Rudy to touch the ball. We need Rudy to be engaged. But, like, there's also some aspects where it's not the greatest play in the world to just throw it in the post to Rudy. So let's let's not get that idea. And if teams want to take away a roll man, they can generally take away a roll man, then you end up with 30 catch-and-shoot threes. So there, it's, there's a yin and a yang to this that we just kind of have to understand. Um, the point, I mean, like, we can pull the string on me, and I can just do my little routine here. Whee! There we go. Um, you know, Gore 
Gordon, I'll ask Gordon and see if Gordon ha- didn't hear me with hands and Scotty. It sounds like you probably did. So, Gordon, LeBron James leads the NBA in assists uh-huh. and has Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, and JaVale McGee all on the roster. Okay? Yeah. How many times do you think he's thrown a pass from outside the paint into the restricted area for an assist? Uh, I would say... We've played 60 games. So how many a game do you think he gets? Uh, two or three. He's averaging, he's averaging 11 assists a game, isn't he? Uh, okay, then I'll go half. Okay, so you would guess that it's 300 times this year that LeBron has thrown a pass from outside the paint to somebody at the restrict, in the paint for a restricted area for a shot. Yes. Okay, it's 66. <laughs> Wow, is that because like it's a he... really, really hard pass to throw from the paint to a guy at the rim? It just doesn't happen very often. Hmm. Is that because he is so difficult to guard and he maneuvers and uh, gets closer in and then drops a pass off? Well, he leads the league in the past, so I think it ha- might have to do with LeBron doesn't need to throw it from outside the paint as much, but he leads the league in outside the league paint passes to the rim. Um, so it probably is just that the pass is really difficult, and particularly if you're six feet one, um, and there's big guys around you trying to throw an accurate pass over outstretched arms to a rolling guy, and that maybe defenses are not particular. I don't know. I'm going to go out on a wild limb here for a second. You ready? Yeah. I don't think defenses are particularly interested in leaving seven-footers wide open at the rim. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm just going to go out on a limb that maybe every coach in the league builds a game plan to stop someone from dunking. Well, I heard Quinn say that yesterday. He said he said that exact thing that every. Well, then team... I must be really brilliant. Yeah, yeah, bright minds think. I mean, alike. wow. Yeah, I'm so bright. My father called me son. Let me ask you. Uh, let me ask you about what happened last night to Rudy at the defensive end when Julius Randle seemed to uh, be very effective against Rudy. I was interested in that. And, uh, boy, he was taken into the body and shoving Rudy around. What do you think? Um, I mean, I think Julius Randle is one of the great scorers in the league. And, I mean, if he was a horse, we'd classify him as having blinders on because he evidently is totally unaware that there's four other guys on the floor with him. I mean, I think he took 22 shots last night at zero assists, right? 21 shots and zero assists, yeah. That is seriously hard to do. Like, you've (laughs) got to make a concerted effort to do that. Um, but he's you know he's a great scorer. He puts up good numbers on bad teams, and we still have no idea if he has value on a good team. Well, David, we appreciate you jumping on with us as always, and uh, we'll catch you in the pregame coming up tomorrow. Who do I do I have somebody I want to talk to, or is Gordon? About, oh, I'm sorry, Gordon. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. It's a shot. <laughs> uh, thank you, David. You're the you're the best, Gordon. Talk uh, to you. Yeah, David. I know your history, so be careful. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> well, the ending an interview with a threat is always yeah. uh, that's always really good. Uh, in my defense, I I think I misunderstood his question. I I thought that he was talking about LeBron making a pass into the paint. Uh, I didn't know it had to be at the rim. Well, I mean, considering his teammate is Anthony Davis and JaVale McGee, I mean, you just think that that would happen frequently. Yeah. I I'm, I don't think your answer was far off from Scotty and Hans's answer right. earlier this week, though, was it? I don't know, but that is interesting. Uh, I, I guess uh, people are on to it. 
You know, they uh, and I, I did hear Quinn say that yesterday that uh, every coach in the league is is doesn't want to see Rudy Duncan on him, and so they are defending that uh, in a way that makes it much more difficult. We've talked about that. They're doing it with sagging bigs and mm-hmm. switching and keeping somebody between Rudy and the basket it makes life a lot more difficult for him. True. And everybody. That's a hard pass to make. There's mm-hmm. no doubt. All right, Lock Today, brought to you by our friends at Cypress Credit Union. With the lowest fees and quickest keys, Cypress has the home loan product that is perfect for you. Visit any Cypress branch or cypresscu.com for details. We'll have more big shows straight ahead. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Joining us right now, Spencer Nelson. So the BYU Cougars, they've been okay. able to really break through to not just be an NCAA tournament team, but I think they're a team that's very capable of making a run. If you were to see anything that gives you pause when it comes to tournament time, what would it be? Honestly, there's not a lot of holes in their game and their team. I'm with you. I think this team is built to make a run in the tournament. They have enough firepower to be able to compete with anyone in the country. I truly believe that but I really do expect this team to be able to make the sweet 16 and then at that point it's just matchups Tony Parks and Austin Horton weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network Soul to steal. He was in the line because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Band of the Day, as we mentioned uh, before. Blues Traveler, brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist inside at LiveNation.com. Big thanks to David Locke for joining us. Brought to you by Cypress Credit Union with the lowest fees and quickest keys. Cypress has the home loan product that is perfect for you. Visit any Cypress branch or CypressCU.com for details. Question for you. What is the most memorable or valuable item you've ever been given by a, uh, by a recording artist? You heard Locke talk about how he got the harmonica. Uh, have you ever gotten anything like a like a, a pick? You know, they always throw in the picks into the audience. This sounds like a setup for a one. Yeah, this is set up for your story. Why don't you just tell your story? If you you have ever gotten anything. No. (laughs) That's a good story. I don't think I can top that. Austin, you ever got anything? Yeah, in fact, I have. Oh, tell me. Uh, I got the the drumsticks and a pick from uh, the dashboard professional drummer and uh, guitarist, Chris Carabra. Did you really? Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Uh, Johnny was giving out picks, wasn't he? Oh, was he? Yeah. I have Michael Jackson's glove at home. I don't know, as long as we're lying. Wait, was the first one a lie? No, the first one was the truth. Okay. I don't know where they are. I really don't have a story to tell. I was genuinely interested. You have a story. Well, I do have. I do have. have Here it is. Now that you mention it. (laughs) Not one to toot my own horn. I got a saddle from Juice Newton. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I got. Uh, I have a note, a handwritten note from Olivia Newton-John. 
but other than that, I can't. I can't really think. Is, is, did you get the note after you forced Dick Harmon to get you free tickets for his birthday? No. Wait, what? No. I got. I got this note back when uh, Olivia was in her heyday. Before, or after 70s. Casey's note. Uh, Casey's was a letter, a full-on letter. I got a letter from Casey Case discussing a... something I had written, said I'm a fan, and I really enjoyed this. It was really, really good. I'm okay. a fan. I laid that on a little thick. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's not a recording artist. Okay. So, so it's right. it's juice, but not the time. No, I, no, no. You went I, and saw her with Dick Harmon. No, no it, was a, uh, it was Olivia Newton-John, not juice. Oh, excuse me, Olivia Newton-John. But again, not the time you saw her with Dick Harmon. And, and, where he uh, got okay. you free tickets on no, his no, birthday. Think, no, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. He did not. It's somebody else. Because PK told you he was going to the show with Dick Harmon, and you said, oh, I'd like to go. And then called Dick and said, hey, I'd like to go to the show. How about landing me no, some tips? I, 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 no, that's not how it happened. That's how it happened. No, no, it, no never mind. Happy birthday, Dick. I think you could <laughs> land me a couple of ducats to go see Olivia. I, I don't even have any real desire to have anything from a recording artist. You know, I don't, I'm not, uh, I'm not the hard rock cafe. I, I don't, I'm not going to display this stuff, you know. I mean, I don't want to... You know, some jumpsuit that Elvis Presley once wore. I don't, I don't really care about that. Do you? Would no, that mean no, something? But who's your favorite? Who's your favorite band of all time? Uh, let's see, band artist. I don't know. Bob Either. Dylan. I suppose. okay. Bob Dylan. Would you want to have an article of Bob's clothing as a keepsake? <laughs> what article? <laughs> I don't know. Pick one. Sure. Bob suck and frame it. <laughs> How about how about you? You're a big country guy. What if what if you could have uh, Charlie Pride Stetson? <laughs> I don't want it. What do you mean you don't want, I don't it? want You're it? a country guy. I'm not a country guy. I mean, you'd think Charlie Charlie Pride's your your. Uh, I like I like like end three, all be all three quasi country artists. All right, that's it. <laughs> Although I I have come around a little bit. Yeah, I know. Just not all the way. So no on Charlie Pride Stetson no. then, no? No, thank you. No there, okay. Uh, I'm trying to think, though, man. If I could get Merle Haggard's guitar. Now, that'd, no, be... that'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> pretty sweet. Uh, uh, we're going to talk some college basketball coming up. Scotty's going to jump on the show at 4.30. Of course, Scotty, the voice of the Aggies. Uh, Utah State, this is a super important game. If they lose to New Mexico, I'm yeah. not so sure they get in. I agree. And New Mexico just beat them, of course, down at the pit in Albuquerque. And a neutral floor, I mean, it's a, it's certainly a different story. I was surprised when I heard Hans say that the Aggies were favored by 10. That seemed that seemed high. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I, I can go along with that line. Well, it's, it all comes down to how healthy I think Utah State is. Sam Merrill at times has been banged up. Keta has been yeah, much better lately. Mm-hmm. But okay, yeah, I think how, how good do you think Sam Merrill is? Oh, I think he's really good. I mean, does he have a does he have an NBA career ahead of him? I don't know. He I mean, there's no argument he was the best player in that league last year. I think he would have been the best player in the league this year had he been 100% the whole time. 
Yeah, he's been but, playing. He's been playing with all kinds of things. But NBA career, I mean, does he have the measurables and the athleticism? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, he's got the skills, I think, right? Great shooter. I mean, Jimmer was the player of the year in college basketball and was not cut out for the NBA for a variety of reasons. Well, we were busy watching Jimmer while Damian Lillard's up in uh, Ogden having a heyday. Yeah, Hall of Famer. Jeez. Future Hall of Famer. I mean, we knew he was good. But I, that's one of my regrets. I wish I would have paid closer attention. And we used to have uh, Dame Dalla on a show all the time. But, man, if I had to do it over again, I'd be up there every week. Wouldn't you? Yeah. I, I don't know why you got to call him by his nickname. Well, I mean, well, you know. What? I, don't... I was in the game. Oh, what? You're talking about the music biz? Oh, oh I see. So you can call him by that name because you're <laughs> your uh, contemporaries. Man, is he a good player, though. And a good dude, too. Yeah. All right. Uh, joining us now in studio, he is our good friend, Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. That's right. A good dude helping other dudes uh, with something that sometimes can be a little embarrassing, Andrew. But, hey, it's it's about health. Yeah, it can be embarrassing. Um I see this a lot where guys get ED and they think they're the only ones. They think maybe they're too young or they're too healthy. Uh, it is attached to a guy's sense of self-worth, kind of his ego, um, which I, you know, I can totally understand. It does typically get worse before it gets better if you do nothing about the problem. That's what's kind of scary is generally you have to take more pills as time goes on. The blood flow gets worse. The American lifestyle probably doesn't help any of us, um, and the ED can get worse and worse. Our treatments open up and reverse that. Uh, they open up the blood vessels, I mean, um, increase blood flow in some cases by double or triple. So what would double or triple the blood flow do for a guy out there in the bedroom? That would be significant. And we've seen that time and time again where the ED can be uh, eliminated. And that's why, you know, most folks out there dealing with any level of this are probably good candidates for the treatment. Yeah. If you're noticing um, decreases in the bedroom, decreases in blood flow or the pills, you're having to take more and more of it. um, Yeah. You're a very good candidate, likely able to get back to 100% if it's not all the way gone yet. And that that's most guys. They're just not as good as it used to be. Um, They're excellent candidates for this treatment. And in two to three weeks, they can see huge changes. We had a 76-year-old guy, ED for 10 years, seeing changes within a week. Mm. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Give them a call today. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. All right. More straight ahead. 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Zane Brugler from The Athletic breaking down the NFL draft. There's a lot of buzz right now concerning Jordan Love. What did you see out of him in the combine? And when you project a little bit, where do you think he might end up? Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. And that's never more true than we talk about these quarterbacks in the draft. Which team is going to like Jordan Love over the others? And that's something that I'm not sure we know yet, but there's plenty of buzz uh, for Jordan Love. A lot of teams are saying, okay, well, once we get our hands on him, once we coach him up, they're really excited about where he could be. So I think after the combine that he had, and that's after the senior bowl, I mean, I think he cemented himself as a first-round prospect. He could be in the top 10 mix. Uh, maybe he goes just outside the top 10. The momentum that he has is definitely on the rise and something that's going to help him throughout. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.